Last week we talked about, and honestly, it freaks people out when they hear me say this, other than Jesus Christ himself, my favorite Bible character uh, in, in the nativity scene, and that's Joseph. I feel like Joseph gets the shaft every year. Uh, literally, he is, he's confused with shepherds. Sometimes people put the shepherd back there, and then they realize, somebody has to point out, that's not the shepherd, that's Joseph. and that's, You've got Joseph as a shepherd, and, and you've got a shepherd as Joseph, because he's so much of an afterthought. But we showed you last week that he is not an afterthought. But of course, would you not agree that other than the baby Jesus himself, the most famous other than Jesus to this day inside the nativity scene is Mary, the mother of Jesus. Amen? How many knows that the Bible doesn't just call her Mary? The Bible says she is known as the Virgin Mary. Because it was prophesied by the prophets of old in the Old Testament in Isaiah. It prophesied that the Messiah would be conceived and would go forth to be born of a virgin. Let me just say before I preach any further about Mary today, that there is a movement, I, will, I say in the church, but I believe that the church in a lot of ways have lost its way. And if you believe what I'm about to tell you, and you're teaching this and preaching this, then I don't even believe that you are the church. But there are churches now that are preaching that we cannot take the Word of God literally. There are pastors who are saying that these were fallible men who wrote Scripture, therefore it's not wise and it's not reasonable to believe the word of God the way it says it that it actually happened exactly the way it says it and it's their way of explaining away the supernatural and part of the core of who these people are and what they're trying to teach is they attack the virgin birth they do not believe why do they not why do they attack it it's very simple why people attack the virgin birth it is impossible are you alive, church? Look, I don't need to give y'all some education class here. Y'all do know how babies are made, right? Okay. Now, some of y'all think the stork comes in, whatever it is. But here's the reality. A virgin cannot have a baby. Can I get an amen? But yet she did. So therefore, to the natural mind, that doesn't make sense. So because it doesn't make sense, it must not be true. Well, if you take away that, then you have to take away the resurrection. Because it's impossible for a human being to say and predict that they will die. And on three days later, when their body's already beginning to decay, sit up in that risen tomb and walk out. If the virgin birth didn't happen, the resurrection didn't happen. If the resurrection didn't happen then we're a bunch of idiots. Because without the resurrection, what do we believe? We believe in the power of the resurrection. We believe that Jesus, listen to me, you want to understand what the gospel is? We believe that Jesus was conceived in the womb of a virgin woman named Mary. 
We believe that nine months later she gave birth to a baby. We believe that Jesus grew up. And at age 12, the Bible says he was teaching about his father's business in the temple. We believe at age 30, he began his ministry. He performed his first miracle with his mother at a wedding in Cana. And he turned water into wine. And he began a ministry that lasted three and a half years. And he lived a sinless life. But he that knew no sin became sin so that we might be saved. We believe that nobody killed Jesus, but that Jesus voluntarily climbed up on a cross and laid down his life for his friend. They drove nails through his hands. They drove nails through his feet. They stuck a spear in his side. They put a crown of thorns on his head. And after he suffered on that cross, after he took care of the thief next to him and said, this day you will be with me in paradise, he looked down at the base of the cross. He took care of his mother. He took care of everybody, and when he had took care of everybody, then he took care of us and said, it is finished, and he bowed his head, and we believe that Jesus Christ died. Oh, they put him in a borrowed tomb that didn't even belong to him. They sealed it with a stone and put the Roman seal on it and put guards out in front of it and said, we got to guard this because we don't want him sneaking in in the middle of the night and taking him. But on the third day, somebody shout the third day. On the third day, the angels came and the stone was rolled away. And the the one that was dead became alive. And Jesus walked out of the tomb, praise God. And he is alive forevermore. The angel said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? And we believe that Jesus showed himself by many infallible, perfect proof. And he walked the earth for 40 days in resurrected form. And on the 40th day, he told him, go into Jerusalem. Stay there until you receive the promise of the Father. And his feet lifted up off the ground. And right before everybody on the top of that mountain, hundreds if not thousands of witnesses watched him disappear in the clouds. And everybody's looking up, and they're crying and they're weeping because they see him disappear. And an angel standing right there. And we believe the Bible says the angel said, Why stand you gazing up into the sky? For in like manner as you see him go away, so shall he come again. We believe that. I don't know about you, but that's good news to me. That's the gospel. In my opinion... When you look around at the world, I think it takes more faith not to believe that than it does to believe it. You put your faith in things, that is much more hard to believe than this. How do I know that this happened? Oh, I could preach a whole series on how I know this happened. But this ain't what I was about to say, but this is what I'm going to say right now. I remember the old red back hymnal, one of the songs that was in, it says, You ask me how I know he lives. Say it with me. He lives within my heart. Can I tell you something right now? Some of you old school, old school fo- folks need to teach these kids some of them songs. You ask me how I know he lives, he lives within my heart. But let me tell you, let me tell you one of the main things, one of the main reasons I know he lives. Because of what happened with Mary. You say, wait a minute, how is that, how is that, first of all, it's impossible for a virgin to have a baby, but second of all, you don't even know if Mary really even existed. Can I tell you something? There ain't no way that mankind 
And of course, they were not where we're at right now as far as digital clocks and all this, but people were keeping time. The Romans were keeping time. The Chaldeans were keeping time. The Syrians were keeping time. They done figured out the sunset and the sunrise. They had their own calendars. But something happened that caused every calendar to be reset. Are y'all hearing me? What year is it? What year is it? What is the name, the number of the year right now? 2018. We're about to go into 2019. Why do we call it 2018? It's 2018 because it's based on the estimated time of the birth of Jesus Christ. Most theologians believe it is perfectly right, give or take, within two years. We don't know exactly, but give or take within two years, we know for a fact, historical fact, from historical secular writers, not just Christian writers, that literally there was a man who was born, and the story was told by, not just in your Bible, but by secular historians of that time, told the story of a boy born of what was supposed to be, this is their words, a virgin. It was known then. And when this baby was born, it reset time. Now, I'm not trying to be critical here. But probably most of us in here have friends or family who no longer believe in God. They don't believe in God. They're atheist. They're agnostic or whatever. Here's one of the one ways that you could really make them think. They say, well, I don't believe in a God. That's okay, okay, okay. Let the conversation go and then change it just a little bit. And say, oh, by the way, I'm having a brain freeze. Uh, what is the year? What do you mean, what is the year? Of course, you know, it's 2018. Oh, Really? It's the year 2018. Do you realize that every time you write a check, every time you date a contract, every time you write the date, you are acknowledging the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, whether you like it or not. That's good preaching right there. You better slap your neighbor and tell him, that boy's preaching. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 says this, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city named Nazareth, to a virgin, everybody say virgin, a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph. It's very key. He was of the house of David. This is why Jesus is known also as the son of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice! Highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his sayings and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. Listen to this. For you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? See, she knew it was impossible too. 
since I do not know a man. You ever heard the term they knew each other in a biblical way? That's what she's talking about. She knew men, but she hadn't known a man. And the angel said to her, answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Is this good, man? This is awesome. Therefore also the Holy One, notice this in capital letters, who is, is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has already conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her, who was determined by the doctors to be barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, you got to get this, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Woo! I tell you what, you sometimes you just, you just need to read your Bible. Some of y'all waiting on a pastor to give you an emotional sermon to stir you. Just read your Bible. I'm telling you, sometimes you just read your Bible. You just got to put it down sometimes and go, my God. Woo! I had a preach right there. I know sometimes it's confusing. I know sometimes you're reading stuff and say, well, I didn't get nothing what I just read. Just read it anyway. But there'll be times that you'll read things like this and you'll just have to step back and you'll just say, my God, nobody could have made that something like that up. That's too good to even be made up. Let it be according to your word. Don't, don't, I, I want to get so deep right now, but I, I don't know if I can go there. I don't know, I don't know if y'all can handle it. Y'all think y'all can handle it? Y'all, read, y'all think y'all can handle some deep stuff? you got to understand the power of this moment. you got to understand this. And let me tell you something. something, something. So Jesus was conceived without a seed. Can I tell you something? We understand. I'm not going to get too graphic here, but we understand how babies are made. Babies require a seed. The seed has to be planted and sown. Are you hearing me? And then, it, and then it becomes to fruition, and then the child grows within the womb of the woman. But the womb of the woman, don't freak out when I say this, is symbolically taught to us by the principle of sowing and reaping in the earth. The earth, with the, here's how you know something can grow, is the earth, this is what we say about the earth. When we've t- taken care of the earth and we find some good ground, we'll say something like this, this ground is fertile. Are you hearing me? So when we find some fertile ground, what are we saying? We're saying that we know this ground is prepared to handle the life of a seed. And when the seed is planted into fertile ground, the seed begins to divide, it crack open, and begins to replenish itself, and then it takes time for that seed, but eventually that seed breaks ground, and everybody else gets to see, this, gets to see the fruition of the seed. But the reality is this. How many knows before we ever see the stalk come up, life was already in the dirt? No one has ever created a tree and had it sustain and live and be lifelike, simply taking it out of the air and placing it on top of the ground with nothing going in the ground. It starts, whether you go buy it in a pot or, or not, if it's a plant, it started some way in some type of fertile soil or environment. 
But yet, this is a little, I don't, want, I don't get too political in my messages, but let me be clear with you. But yet, we believe that and we know that. We know that a tree never becomes a tree unless there's roots. And we understand that as long as the roots were there first, the tree comes after. How many believes the seed comes first, the roots come second, and then you see the tree? We don't have a problem deny, uh, uh, acknowledging that. But yet we don't believe a conceived embryo and a growing baby within the fertile ground of a wound is a human being. We declare that that is not a life until it breaks into the world in which we live in. But yet we will protect trees and their root systems. We will make sure that, that, that the water is not tainted so the trees can grow. But yet we will not believe that a baby inside the womb of a mother is a life. I don't care if you like it or not. The Bible said, I, I, he told the prophet, I knew you before you were ever formed in your mama, and I called you by name. Can I tell it like it is today? If you don't believe a baby in the womb is a baby, then you believe that Jesus Christ as he was growing for nine months in the belly of a virgin named Mary, you don't believe that Jesus was alive. Because here's the thing, well, it's different. There wasn't no man involved, but there was a seed involved. You know, he didn't just say, the angel didn't just say, hey, you're going to have a kid, here he is. No. Jesus had, oh, it, it, I'm telling you, I told you it's deep. It's going to mess you up. It blows my mind when I think about this. The creator of the universe. Huh. The one that spoke to nothing and nothing became something had to willingly submit to the process that he created in the garden. That meant the, the Savior of the world started as one cell. Not started because he don't have a starting point. I'm, talking about, I'm not talking about the flesh part of Jesus. The spirit man of Jesus is eternal. Remember the word became flesh, became flesh and dwelt among us. There's no beginning date of the Word. The Word, the word that was with God, the word, the word was God, is Jesus. But here's the Spirit, the breath of God, comes into the womb of a virgin and manifests itself by a single cell that divides into two cells and the two divide into four. Can you imagine the one that made every human being in the spirit realm had to watch as fingers were developed on himself. Are y'all hearing me? He had to watch his heart begin to beat. All of this was going on inside a simple innocent 
unexpecting young girl. Now, ladies that's ever had a baby, if you ever had a baby, say amen. Now, you know there's a lot of stuff that goes in that process. You know, some of y'all get morning sickness. Some of y'all get weird cravings. The craziest thing in the world with Sandy. She craved Meliella's. We were, we were a Mountain Dew family, y'all. And, and she said, I don't want nothing but Meliella. She'd go get a two-liter Meliella, put it in the refrigerator, turn that thing up and just guzzle it. And when the baby was born, I said, you want me to get you Meliella? Oh, things are disgusting. It was over. It was weird. Some of you guys, your wives are pregnant, and you think you got morning sickness. But now watch this. There's nothing quite like ladies. I obviously don't know, but I saw it in my wife, and I've seen it in many other people. There's nothing quite like the first time you feel that flutter. Right? And then you, you understand, oh, wait, wait, first you're like, what was that? Was that, was that, what, was that what I ate? Or was that, was that the baby? And all of a sudden, you go, ah, 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 ah. And one of the weirdest things that ever happened, of course, Lizzie's our firstborn. So this was the, obviously I'd never seen this. We're laying in bed. You know, Sandy was very, very pregnant with both of my children. Both of my children were huge babies. And we're laying there in the bed, and she's got her shirt pulled up a little bit, and you know, I'm just being, having that sweet little moment, and I'm touching, trying to feel Lizzie. And all of a sudden, I look, and an entire imprint of a foot goes, Rah! It was like watching a movie, like watching Alien or something. Rah! Rah! I was like, ah! ah! I just saw a foot. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Can you imagine Mary looking down at her belly? Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden, seeing an imprint of a little hand. The hand of God. Are y'all hearing me? She didn't just see a baby's hand. She saw a little tiny imprint of the hand of God. That's why you need to read The War in Bethlehem, a little short story I wrote in 1996. And I went ahead and bought the domain, thewarinbethlehem.com. Go read it. Mary and Jesus started kicking. How many of those he's probably dancing in his own Holy Ghost up in there? Jesus was a worshiper. He's God. He's like, I'm a person. I'm God, but I'm becoming in the life form of a human. So I need to teach these humans how to do it. So he was probably an active baby. Would you not agree? But think about this for Mary. While all this is going on. And she's watching, and she's, her belly is growing, and she's feeling all these things growing. The Bible says that when the angel told this to Mary, she kept those things in her heart, and she told no one. So the only one that knew was Joseph. And both of them are sitting there watching, and everybody's stopping by. They're going, your baby's so cute. I bet he's going to look just like you, Joseph. And Joseph's having to say, probably, probably, yeah, yeah. You know what I believe, though? I do believe when he came out, he did look like Joseph. I believe there's no, because God's not the author of confusion. He ain't going to make him look like the milkman. Can I get an amen? Huh? Come on, somebody. 
You'll never know what you're going to hear in Solid Rock. Now, Mary and Joseph is looking at each other, and everybody leaves the house, and it's just them. Are you freaking out? Like I am? Oh, yeah. Do you realize we must just probably just a few weeks away? Let's don't forget what that angel said. I mean, we, we've pulled off something really big here, y'all. I mean, everybody thinks this is ours, but you and me both know what's going on inside there. That angel said, He is the Savior. Of the world. I want you to get this in your spirit. A great man of God said this to me the other day, and it was like, wow, revelation. He said, you know, I learned a, long, I learned a lesson a long time ago, Pastor. He said, when I go up to women who are very pregnant, and I say, What's it going to be? He said, I done got rebuked too many times by saying, this ain't no it. This is a he or this is a she. This ain't no it. Y'all hear me? How many of your baby ain't no it? Now, some of y'all may choose to not know. Or you, you may be like me and choose to know. And the doctor tell you both times that it's a girl. Show you a video that it's a girl. But you determined that it's a boy. And I was that way on both my kids. I even, I don't want to get too graphic on y'all. I even called the family in and showed them the video and said, do y'all not see what I see? And they all looked at me and said, wait, don't say it, Larry. So both my girls, God knew exactly what I needed. I needed girls instead of boys. But watch this. This is what he said. He said, I've learned to not say, what is it? He said, I've learned now to go up to pregnant ladies and say, so what are you having, a boy or a girl? Why, why did he say that to me? He said, I want to show you something deep about Mary. He said, even though he, the angel said to Mary, you're going to have a son, and his name is going to be Jesus. When Mary finally acknowledged it and accepted it, First, she was like, how can this be, right? But when she finally accepted it, her proclamation did not address a boy. Her proclamation called her child an it. Now listen to this. Let it be according to your word. When you read that out and study that out, it doesn't just mean, let your will be done. She literally was saying, let this that is happening in me, let it be according to your word. This is what he told me. I said, this is powerful. I'm going to preach this. He said, you think about it. The first words that Mary ever said about Jesus was she declared her baby to be more than a son. She declared it, her son, to be a purpose, to be a destiny. 
So what was she saying, let it? She was not just saying, let the child be born. She was saying, let the Savior of the world be it done unto me according to your word. She didn't just accept at that moment to have a child. She accepted at that moment to give birth to the heart of God. To passion, to the passion of God, to, to the purpose for which we were all created. Fast forward to the end of Jesus' life. When he has taken care of everyone who's been with him all along, his mama. He, who was there at the first miracle? His mama. In fact, it was his mama that said, You better do what he tells you to do. Huh? And it was his mama. Can you imagine the power of influence that his mama had on her? Go back and read your Bible, and, you, and you'll see that Jesus was going to wait till after the wedding to reveal who he was until they ran out of wine. And Mary's like, I ain't going to be embarrassed. Handle it, Jesus. Do your thing, Jesus. And you read your Bible, and Jesus looks, says to his mother, It is not my time yet to be revealed and mary get this basically rebuked jesus and said boy you get in there and take care of this party and what did jesus do he done what his mama said so she was there then she was there through his entire ministry and when he was hanging on the cross so beaten that he was unrecognizable. Okay, listen, it wasn't like you see in these plays. He didn't have a loincloth on. He was completely naked. It was the purpose was to shame him. He had been beaten, the Bible says, by beyond recognition that he was not even identifiable as a man. His facial features were so beaten. The crowns of thorns were pierced to the temples of his head. Blood was all in his eyeballs. It was in his mouth. His teeth were bleeding from where he'd been punched. And some of his teeth had might have even been knocked back or knocked out. He had a spike through his feet. He had spikes through both of his wrists. He was thirsty. They stuck a sponge in vinegar and sour wine and stuck it to his mouth and he had to spit it out. And when he didn't die when they thought he was going to die, they looked at him, he was breathing heavy they said we need to finish him so they grabbed the spear and jesus knew what was coming it was the death blow of the romans and what they did they knew precisely where to stick that it would go right up under the rib cage right into the heart and all the remaining blood that was in there and any fluids that were in your body would spill out from beneath the rib cage and they would be dead within seconds so when jesus saw the spear coming watch what happened jesus you already had one thief on one side cursing him, mocking him, but the other thief identified him for who he was. Can you imagine? He's, he's a criminal. Jesus is innocent, but these on both sides of him were actual criminals. And here's a criminal who, who probably didn't know much about Jesus, and he's looking at Jesus maybe for the first time, and Jesus is in the worst condition he's ever been in his life. But he saw something about Jesus he'd never seen about another man. He didn't blame anybody. In fact, he heard Jesus say out of his mouth, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He's like, who is this man? And he says, Master, when you enter into your kingdom, 
Will you remember me? Jesus in his nature, barely breathing. He looks over and he says, this day you will be with me in paradise. What people don't realize is the very first Christian of the New Testament church was hanging on a cross next to Jesus. That was the very first believer in the New Testament because the death of the testator begins the New Testament. So when he died and went to paradise and the, the joker standing next to him met him there, he was the very first Christian ever converted. He took care of all of that. And then he looked down. There was Mama, who 33 and a half, probably 34 years back, if you factor in the pregnancy time, just 34 years. And how many of those mamas and daddies, 34 years when you get older, flies? Seems like an impossibility when you're a kid, but now you look back over 34 years and you're like, good Lord. So this was a fast life. And the whole time that she's raising him, loving him, being there for him, she knows who he is. She's, she's watching. She's asking God, is there another way? Is there another way? But she knows this has to be the way. This, is, this has been taught to her through the prophets, the suffering Messiah. But he sees his mama broken. So one of the very last things he ever did, he looks at his mama and he says, John, the only disciple that was there was John. All the rest of them had ran. There was John. They called him John the Beloved. And John was sitting right next to Mary. He said, John, it's very important for you to get this. Behold your mother. I need you to look at her as your own mother. It wasn't her natural mother. And he said, I know you're going to miss me as your son. Mother. Behold your son. Love on him. Take care of him. Won't be the same, but you'll have somebody because he has my heart. Then, get this. The Romans would crucify you in a way to where your legs would be turned this way. And they would not let you be crucified this way. They would make you crucified this way so that you could not breathe. As you were dying, all the pressure on your lungs would collapse your lungs. So the only way you could breathe is you had to push up on that spike in your leg. And then you'd get a breath and you would collapse. That's how most people died on the cross. So I'm going to get this picture. Here's Mary. She's playing back the story of the angel. He's looking at her. He's looking around. And maybe she remembers. Be it done unto me according to your word. Jesus looks and makes eye contact with his mother and says, it is finished. Mama, I'm done. You did your job. You declared it 
be done. And I'm telling you, it is finished. The first word she ever said over her son was she called her son the purpose. It. The last word she heard her son say was it is finished. Is that amazing? There's deep, there's deep revelation in that. As his head, the Bible said, he bowed his head. Get this. And then he died. So if he bowed his head, King James says, and gave up the ghost. If he bowed his head and then died, what was the last thing Jesus, the human part of Jesus, saw with his physical eyes? The last. Whoa, are you getting this? The last, the first face he saw when he came in this world was his mama. She took, Joseph took it and hunted it right to her because Jesus needed to be fed. The last face he saw, he bowed his head and he made eye contact with a with a former virgin who had accepted something that no human is even would ever imagine to accept and had not only went through with it and buried and, 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 and gave birth to that child but stayed with that child and protected that child and that teenager and that young man and now this grown man and she watched him hanging completely naked and as he looks Right before he says, it is finished, he's looking at her. The spear goes in his side, and the Bible says, blood and water flowed out. And as he is dying, I know he's God. Don't twist my words. I know he's God. I know inside of him, he had the power to snap his fingers and to take it all away. He had the power, the Bible said, to call legions of angels to pull him off of that cross. But while he was there suffering, at one point the Bible said he cried out in these words, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. And the Bible said, which is being interpreted, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But why, it is being, why the Bible says it has to be interpreted is because that language is, the Eloi, Eloi is Hebrew, but the Lama Sabatsani is a conglomerate of languages at best. Most people don't even really know what language that was because the Bible said those that were at the base of the cross said, who is he crying out for? Some said he's calling for Elijah. Some say he's calling for a, a, a John the Baptist. They couldn't understand the words that he said because I believe he was praying in his spirit. The spirit man was trying to keep him alive just long enough. So when his body finally started shutting down, the inside never died, y'all. But as his body was pumping the last drop of blood, he went back to the only person who had ever given him strength in the natural. He went back to the only person who had ever had any part physically making him who he was. He looked at her and closed his eyes. Wow. 
I didn't preach any of my sermon today. Did y'all get this? Wow. Come on. Come on. Come on. Wow. Last thing is this. When Jesus is standing up on that mountain, you've got to get this, y'all. Forty days he's been walking around in resurrected form. He's told Thomas, stick your hand in my side. Touch the wound. No doubt, this is Jesus, man. We saw him naked and exposed. And now he's walking around talking and talking to Peter and telling him, feed my sheep. And he's doing, he's getting them all ready. Listen to this, or you'll miss it. This is in your Bible. At the end of the 40 days, he walks up a mountain. 500 men, plus women and children at least, was with him. Probably a couple thousand people. They're all standing at the base of the mountain. Here's Jesus, 40 days. He says, he looks at his disciples, he looks at his followers, he looks at the whole crowd. He says, listen, no, you ain't going to know how to take this, but I'm about to leave. Here's what I need all of you to do. Every one of you go to Jerusalem. Start praying. Start worshiping. And do not leave until you see the, receive the promise of the Father. But I'm going to my Father, and I'm going to send you the promise. When the promise of the Father comes, this is what he said to all of us. You shall be endued with power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you will be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the entire world. Do we all understand that? They all probably all said, yes, sir, we understand, amen. And all of a sudden, right there in the midst of that crowd, his feet lifted off the ground. It's like a movie, y'all, but this is real. And they're all standing, the Bible said he was taken out with a cloud of witnesses. That's when the angel said, why stand you gazing? For in like manner as you see him go away, he shall come again. But I ain't even got to the good part, y'all. We're still talking about Mary. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2, when they were all in the upper room, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the others. Do you know that story? Say amen. amen. What you may not know is if you go back and read the final part of Acts 1 and the rest of Acts 2 and Acts 3, you will see that of the 120 that ended up staying, many of them were named. The disciples were named. Matthias replaced Judas, and he was named. But there is another name in that list of people who was in that room. It is spelled out in your Bible as God in his word lists the people that were there seeking the power of the Holy Ghost. It says, and also Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ, was there. See, mama never missed anything. 
when she heard her son say, go to Jerusalem, let me tell you something about, her, about his mama. If everybody left that room, mama would not have left that room. In fact, it is my opinion, gospel according to Larry, it was probably mama that kept some of them in that room. Where are y'all going? Do you not know who he is? Don't you remember what he said? Get back in here, don't leave. He ain't no liar. If he said he's sending something, I'm telling you, he's sending something. So when we think about people speaking in tongues, we think of Peter, we think of John, we think of James, we think of all these people that spoke in tongues. But one of those 120 was Mary, the mother of Jesus, with fire on top of her head. Come on. And she had her hands raised, and she was praying in the Holy Ghost. And she was acting a fool, acting like she's drunk, because Peter said, these people ain't drunk like you think. One of them was Mary. Mary's like, whoo-hoo, Yeah. Mama wasn't going to miss nothing. Can you imagine? We have no biblical record the day that Mary died. The Bible says to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. And that's for every believer. And we know that God is no respecter of persons. But come on, y'all. Let's be real. When Mary breathed her last breath, and she left this earth. And in a moment, she was in the presence of her son. Would you not have liked to have been at that reunion? And I got a feeling standing right next to the Messiah with his eyes blazing with flames of fire and his belt. Come on, all this, the description that's in Revelation. Sees, sees Mary coming. Run to each other. Standing right next to Jesus. You know who I believe it was? Not just the Father because he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. I believe standing right next to Jesus when they met Mary was Joseph. Can you imagine? I hope they replay history when we get up there. I hope they have a screen up there. And when we all get up there and the rapture's taking place and it's all finally done and everybody that's going to heaven is there, I hope Jesus and Mary and Joseph all sit down and say, y'all, we got to show y'all something. And, and they play that back. They play when Paul entered. They play when, when Noah entered. They play when King David entered. I want to see it all. But what I want to see is when Mary saw her son again. I've always preached that we all got, the Bible says, in my father's house in many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Those mansions means mansion-sized rooms. We're all going to live in the same house. But you got to know, connected right to the throne in eyesight, is probably Mama's mansion. Amen. You receive this word today. Are you thankful for human beings? Watch this. Who were willing to say, be it unto me, according to your word. Because of those words, and the words of Christ, and the faithfulness of Joseph, and the shepherds, and the story, and the angels, and the disciples, and Paul, and Peter, 
all the words of all the people because of those human beings willing to sacrifice and receive their mission from God. We are here today in the house of God.